Hey, another great episode of Roundup is coming up next. If you like what you heard, please go online to redsearadio.org and donate, become a monthly sustaining member, and keep us on the air. Thank you and God bless. Welcome, welcome. You are listening to Red Sea Roundup here on Red Sea Catholic Radio. You're listening. We are broadcasting from atop the St. Mary's Catholic Center in College Station, Texas. But you can also hear us on KYAR and KINF, those being in Waco and Palestine, Palestine, the Holy Land. Right, Thaddeus? The holy land of Texas, yeah, as we like to say. But right. I think it's Palestine is how Palestine. they insist on saying it there, Pam. Okay, thank you. Don't, don't go there yes, and say Palestine because you right. will be, I don't know, Yeah, that's maybe. Like, yeah, yeah, that's not good. Excommunicated from the state. They might maybe get a rope. Reviews. I don't know. Yeah, don't well, know. for sure, for sure. I want to say. Well, I'm so happy to be back in the studio. Last time we were on Back air. in the saddle. Back in the studio, so good. Last time it was wonderful talking to Father Timothy Gallagher, and we have another prestigious and amazing. <laughs> he hates me saying this, but I'm a big fan. I have to say, today's guest is Mr. James Adams. Welcome, James. Thank you, Pam. Yeah, it's welcome into the friendly confines, James. It's good to be here, Thaddeus. Thank yeah, you. You too. Yeah. Well, um, I have to just tell a couple of things on him. I know we want to get to some of the things going on locally. Yeah, no, but let's let's no, give no. our listeners well, a, I'm, I'm a, a pretty, sense of who I'm a pretty this big fan is. because uh, it first started back when Thomas um, had him for theology at, theology at uh, St. Joseph's School. And now my daughter Annie has also had him for theology. theology. I know I'm making too much noise. Thank you. <laughs> I'm just excited. I'm really excited that, that James is here with us today. He's a he's a really a wealth of knowledge and uh, I really feel blessed that you're in our community. You do a lot for us here in the Catholic faith community. Um, tell me some of the things that you're actively doing now. I know you're doing some faith formation over at Thomas Aquinas other than being a, a teacher at St. Joseph. Yeah. So uh, at St. Thomas Aquinas, um, after the 830 Mass, um, over in the stay room, the St. Thomas Aquinas youth room, the uh, the adults get together, some of the adults get together, and uh, we have a thing called Sunday Morning Theology, where we take a topic of interest and we dive in a little bit deeper than you would normally get in, say, like a catechetical program. Um, and uh, myself and Patrick Williams, who also has a master's degree in theology, um, we like to, uh, as well as several others who participate, um, but uh, we like to take a topic and um, really break it down theologically and, uh, yeah, just just have a very dynamic, um, <laughs> a very dynamic uh, conversation about it because Patrick and I often end up in, uh, uh, we'll, we'll say, very heated conversations. Lively. Uh, yes, very, <laughs> that's maybe a better word, very lively conversations. Uh, Wonderful. Where we have maybe not the same perspective, and sometimes even diametrically opposed wow. perspectives. Wow, sounds so. like a great podcast. Um, that peop- yeah, that's been brought up as yeah. a potential for this. Um, wow. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. It's wonderful. So and a little bit more about your background, too, though, is how long you were in the service. You served our country. And, and which branch and how long did you do that? I was in the Army for nine years. Nine years. Wow. And this is before or after you met your wife? 
actually, it's because of the army that I met my wife. Is that right? Yeah, I would not have ended up in Texas otherwise. Um, but I got stationed at Fort Hood, and <laughs> uh, kind of a funny story. Um, I, I I had not for like in my in my twenties and early thirties, I had not been very active in my faith, and I got to I got stationed at Fort Hood, and I, I realized that I was missing something, that sense of community, that sense of belonging mm. that comes with actively participating in the faith. And so I went up to our priest and I was like, hey, I'm a Catholic. I just got, you know, I just got uh, stationed here. I, re- I really want to belong to this community. Just put me in any ministry you want me to. <laughs> and he <laughs> that was, was like, dangerous. All right, yeah, I know. Right. At the time, I didn't know what I was doing, but he, I'm sure he was like, oh, this is awesome. <laughs> um, and so he put me with youth ministry. And uh, he put me in the youth ministry program of Christ the King. And I was there for several years. Um, and I worked with this awesome, awesome man named Jeff Kroll, um, Dr. Kroll. And uh, he was the volunteer youth minister. And I helped with the youth ministry that he was leading on a volunteer basis. And uh, he became like a spiritual mentor to me. Mm. We became very, very close friends. And after about four or five years of this, I met his daughter, Okay. <laughs> and then uh, we started hanging out more, and then we started dating, and yeah, and then we got married. So and three beautiful children later. I, uh, I, I really just—they're just, they're really so amazing. amazing. Uh, ornery, but beautiful and yeah. amazing. It'll be—it will serve them well in their adulthood. I like to say. Yeah. Yes, if we can channel it correctly. appropriately <laughs> right. and in a healthy way, then yes. Well, speaking of community, we want to talk a little bit about what's going on here locally. Uh, as I was looking and thumbing through the different bulletins, I'm, there was um, not as much as normal. I guess summertime's still a little bit quiet. Uh, what do you got? What do you got, Thaddeus? Well, I wanted to, uh, let's start over at James's stomping grounds over at St. Thomas Aquinas. I just wanted to invite people to, um, I think there's a couple more weeks left of them viewing the uh, Pivotal Players series um, on, I believe it's Thursday nights, but you can go and to... And morning. And morning. So there's mm-hmm. two sessions. Two That's sessions right. Morning. But I think there's a there's a nice banner right at the, the entry page for their website where you can get all the details. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a, I think it's a pretty well-regarded series. So go check that out if you want to do something to uh, grow in your faith that maybe doesn't require being a observer of a lively conversation if you want to do something or, or, you know, early in the morning on Sundays is not your cup of tea. Those are, are those open to people from other parishes to attend or is it, is it pretty much more just a St. Thomas? We would love for anybody to come and attend those. Okay. So that's all are welcome. All are welcome. Yeah. Mm. And then I know over at St. Anthony's on Thursday nights from five 30 to eight for the next, I still think four more weeks. They are watching the last five episodes of the original Catholicism series, along with dinner. There's babysitting available, group, uh, small group table discussion available. We went last week. Our our children sat right in on it, participated in the table discussion. It was wonderful. a really wonderful time. I'm pretty sure both of those are open to anyone um, in the Bryan College Station area who wants to attend. It's not just parishioners only. Mm. Okay. And then uh, just a little quick announcement from, uh, for our folks in Palestine, Texas, the hot pepper festival is coming up in October, as you all know, and the lucky you shop is going to be open during that. And they are just wanting to have uh, donations of ceramics, figurines, decorative plates, glassware, purses, scarves, 
Um, get in touch with them at 903-723-2624, 903-723-2624 in the next few months if you want to donate something for the Lucky You shop during the Hot Pepper Festival there in Palestine, Texas. Awesome. Yeah. So Awesomeness. We're going to um, be talking more with James Adams on the other side of the break and just give a little quick preview. What, oh, yes, what's what's the, the show topic today? Well, um, as the listeners know, if they've been kind of following the show for a while, I really like to focus on human formation. I feel like sometimes we have a lot of uh, very good nuts and bolts from the catechism and, and, and learning our scripture. Um, and then it's like, how do we live it in the world? So human formation is a big, huge umbrella. So I've really started with um, a lot of the virtues, um, and starting with the cardinal virtues. But today's topic is kind of one of the ways to start to uh, build that kind of strength. And we're going to be talking about spiritual discipline. And there's a lot of things. There's spiritual disciplines, plural, plural, and spiritual discipline in general. So we're going to kind of break down what exactly is a spiritual discipline. What does it mean for me as a woman? And the guys, I was really very, um, I loved it that when I had prayed about who to ask, James came up, and then when I go to the internet to do my research, it's like the Catholic Man Show and the Art of Gentlemanliness or something like that. Gentleman's Manliness. Art of Manliness, I think it is. Uh, so I have to give a shout out to those websites and the guys that have really been thinking a lot about um, spiritual discipline and being that warrior for Christ. And uh, so that's kind of what we'll be talking about after the break. We are really welcoming callers today. I think we have a, a few people that will be calling in to challenge us and, and ask what's going on. So if you are one of them and you are listening, we would love to have you call in at 855-683-7332. And uh, we will either get your comment about what is your favorite spiritual discipline or if you have questions for us. So stay tuned and we'll be right back after the break. Welcome back. Welcome back. You are tuning in to Red Sea Radio's uh, Red Sea Roundup. And my name is Pam Marvin. And my guest today is James Adams. And he, we're going to be talking about spiritual discipline. Welcome back, James. I know when I first invited you, you were like, hmm, ha, hmm, ha, Pam, I'm not sure about this. Actually, I don't feel like that's fair. I think it was more like, no, <laughs> no, I, I am pretty sure about this. And I'm pretty sure the answer is no. <laughs> You were able to uh, talk me into it, though. Well done, you. Well, well, well like, what made your heart change about that? Um, actually, you did. Ooh. So, uh, or at least um, the Holy Spirit working through you. So, um, one of the things that you said was um, that really um, changed my perspective on it was um, you invited me to think about it not as me being a subject matter expert on this particular topic, but as someone who is interested in growing in this area. You, you asked me to reflect on 
whether or not I um, wanted to grow or I felt like I had been called lately to, to work on and grow in um, discipline and spiritual discipline. And um, the answer to that question was yes. And since you asked it so precisely, I felt like yeah. there must be something there. So maybe I don't have anything to, uh, to offer this morning, but I'm certainly here to learn. Go Holy Spirit. Now that truly is. Um, I think it's also been on my heart about spiritual discipline, discipline in general, because in our culture today, I really get a great sense of how um, discipline is is a is really an art that's it's gone its way. And as a parent, I, I I see myself having lacking in that area in coaching it and teaching it. And then I look to myself and and way I was raised and there was not a lot of coaching there either. And so I feel like, uh, well, you know, I want to really dive into this because how can we grow in virtue, which has been the previous topic of many of these shows, if we do not have that certain type of discipline. So I kind of wanted to um, give a, and I was, I was telling James and and Thaddeus too, that the um, art of manliness was one of the the main sources I found. And here was a definition of spiritual disciplines or habits, practices, and experiences that are designed to develop, grow, and strengthen certain qualities of spirit to build the muscles of one's character and expand the breadth of one's inner life. The structure uh, They structure the workouts which train the soul. Would you agree with that one, or would you want to add a little bit something different to that? I think, like um, at least some of your listeners, I would like to hear that again, because that was a mouthful um, and a lot to think about. So if you wouldn't mind. No, not at all. Please. So spiritual disciplines are habits, practices, and experiences that are designed to develop, grow, and strengthen certain qualities of spirit, which I might say virtue, okay, to build the muscles of one's character. Okay. That's, yeah, um, I, I think, I think I like that a lot. I'd be interested to hear more about what, um, who is the author of that particular definition? Where did it come from? What website was it? Um, let me double check. Is it the Art of Manliness? Is that what you said? Catholic Gentleman. Catholic Gentleman. I'd be interested mm-hmm. what they meant by experiences. The, the first two words, I know, I was like, yeah, that makes sense. But what do they mean by experiences? Um, I would be interested in, because I, th- I tend to think of something, I don't, you're going you're gonna to have to stop me, Pam, from going all theological on you, because this is my oh, tendency. Oh, no. <laughs> that's that's, my what tendency I, that's is why to take I invited every, you, James. Go for it. This is my tendency is to take every little thing and break it down. Um, but, like, experience is so, not something I see as coming from within, but like something that happens to you, even if it is inside of you, mm-hmm. it comes from without. And I, my, like when I hear the word discipline, what I think of is like a particularly like a discipline, like when you're trying to discipline yourself, I think of like some, like an intentional, um, um, action or an intentional way of thinking or in- an intentional way of speaking, um, an intentional way of being to, to put an umbrella term on it. Uh, that you yourself are doing. Um, but when I hear the word experience, that almost makes it seem like it's coming from the outside in. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? No, nope, makes perfect sense. So I, I I'd be interested in like what, they, what the author of that um, intended by that, that word choice there. 
I agree with that. So what they were talking about, like when I started to ask or really contemplate this, um, again, going back to growth and virtue, um, the discipline aspect of it, it doesn't come, I don't think it comes natural for any of us. And I like to break it down with about original sin because original sin, I think kind of points us inward too much. And um, of course, being Pam Marvin, I'm going to talk about root sins, which is like the sensuality, the pride, the vanity um, run us. And we don't, we want to do what we want to do because we want to do it and not to overcome it. But that at a certain point in our lives, we, we start to say, hey, this isn't working out so well for me doing it my way. And I need to increase in discipline, right? Yeah, I would even, I, I would use the word concupiscence. Mm. I, I've been thinking about that word a lot lately. Um, just to like this idea that ontologically or at the very basis of our being that we are good, but because of concupiscence, we are inclined to evil. It is our natural way of, maybe natural is not the right word. It's our way of our, our tendency tendencies towards yeah. evil mm-hmm. um, that we have because of our, our fallen because, nature. because of our fallen nature. So, um, yeah, I, I, yeah, it's, it's very interesting to think that, yes, you are good, but you also, I am good, but I have this tendency or inclination towards evil and that mm-hmm. has to be fought. And discipline, yeah, it creates. One of the authors that I was that I read while I was um, preparing for this talked about um, discipline being uh, the thing that allows it creates the space for God to make us virtuous. Mm, say that again, because that was really good. Discipline. When we practice discipline, when we practice different disciplines. It doesn't make us better, but it creates the space for God to make us better. It mm. allows, it makes room for God to work in our hearts. Right. And I thought it, so I, I thought that was a really helpful way, for me personally anyways, of understanding why discipline is good, um, the, the benefits, the fruit, of ben, um, the fruit of discipline. That reminds me, you know, if when we are weak, we are strong. And it is that type of emptying of self um, another word that comes to mind when I think about discipline is freedom. Yes. Yeah. And uh, that, that came up in my research as well. Mm. This, this idea of like discipline um, may not be pleasant or fun, but it's good and it allows us to become free. Free in the mm. true sense, not in free sense. in the, like in a, in a very, you know, base secular sense. Exactly, which I think that um, I could talk about that a lot, <laughs> just because it was a it was kind of a notion I, I that true freedom um, of being more of what God created you to be, rather than being kind of trapped, enslaved, or uh, I think a better way to even put it that's more re- relatable is like just pressed down by sin um, that keeps us small. Um, and when I say that, it's like just living from that base nature you're kind of referring to of, of just doing what we feel when we feel like it. And if you notice that if you ever do that, then you feel gross or it doesn't actually make you feel better. Yeah. I mean, being a slave to your own ego is is not fun. Mm. So. Mm. Okay. So now we're kind of established a little bit with spiritual discipline looks like a little bit, um, but I've also, let me see if I can, there's certain things that um, they suggest 
are types of spiritual disciplines. One of them is, of course, like daily prayer and mass. Um, are there any other ones that you want to add to for that? Like those so kind of? I actually, um, so I'm going to reference this book quickly. Uh, I, I read part um, parts of this book called Celebration of Discipline by Richard Foster. He's not Catholic. He's a Quaker. Um, and what was what blew my mind was he had a he had a chapter um, dedicated to confession. What? Yes. Yeah. Wow. Chapter dedicated to confession, and not just like confessing to God, but from this Quaker's perspective, you actually had to go to another person that you trusted, obviously, that could serve as a um, mentor, spiritual mm-hmm. mentor to you and confess your sins to them so that you could hear those words of forgiveness. We in the Catholic tradition would say those words of absolution. That's right. Um, obviously, they aren't words of absolution because there's no you know, sacrament of ordination within the, the, um, the Quaker tradition, but this, that, that just blew my mind mm. that even outside of the Catholic and Orthodox tradition that this idea of the power and necessity of confession as a spiritual discipline is um, is recognized, mm-hmm. and how healthy it is for us spiritually to do that. So, um, yeah, that was that really that really caught my attention when I was reading through his book. Yeah, well, you know, I, I think about my own journey um, when it comes to I like to call them spiritual vitamins. You know, it's like this: what are these daily habits that we have that really are a discipline? for us to grow closer to Christ. You know, sometimes we we will feel arid. Sometimes we'll feel joyful. Um, but all of it is valuable, right? So I don't know. What are, I think, some of the basic ones. We actually, I, I'm loving that I can tie it with the last show because I was very unaware about Liturgy of the Hours and how that is one spiritual discipline that I have not really um delved into yet, which I'm so thankful since our last show. Thank you, Father Timothy and Thaddeus, um, for doing at least the morning and the evening um, prayers, which has been really beautiful. So that's a discipline as well, feel like it or not, and overcoming. I think our culture needs to so much overcome how they feel. You know, feeling is not a lasting. I mean, again, I love that uh, Christian song that says, just because you feel that way doesn't make it so. (laughs) (laughs) Indeed, indeed. Right. So what are some of the like a spiritual disciplines that you and and I really I really want to say that this is my feminine heart says I'm looking to the guys. I'm looking to the guys because y'all are strong and y'all are warriors and you want to be battle ready. And I look to y'all for leadership on that type of discipline. So either one of y'all just tell me what types of um, regular spiritual vitamins or spiritual calisthenics do you find to be efficacious. Well, I think that um, something that's helped me is, and James, please feel free to, I would like to get your opinion on this, you know, as you feel like you're able to, but something that's helped me is understanding um, more clearly the, the relationship between my intellect, my will, and my emotions or my passions. And this actually came up last night in a conversation with one of my children when this child was asked to help with with something. 
and there was some resistance and there was some um, some anger that, that came out. And in the course of working through this, I talked to this child about, um, you know, we have our, we have our, our passions that are just kind of bubbling around inside of us. And then we have our, our will, which is what we, what we want to do or what we desire to do. And both of those are supposed to be under the control of our, of our intellect, of our reason, which is our God given, you know, made in the image of and likeness of Godness. Right. Um, and the more we can subject or discipline our will and our passions with our intellect, the more we are able to put our lives in, um, accord with the good, the true, and the beautiful. Mm. Okay. And so I was explained, I was trying to help this child see that that's why it doesn't really matter that you, you had that feeling of anger come up or you didn't want to help with, with the dishes in this case, you know, that it's just that you contribute to the chores and you help out in the family because of everything that's given to you. You know, that's the right thing to do. And you know that um, helping others and being of service to others is ultimately going to make you happy, right? In the, the true sense of happiness, because you're going to be in real um, communion with and living in accord with the ultimate good, who is God. And he mm. is the ultimate, you know, happiness, the beatific vision when we achieve heaven. That is the highest good, the highest happiness. So all of this kind of uh, came out in the conversation at resulting from this, um, this unfortunate, you know, behavior, but it was an opportunity to, to speak to this relationship between our passions, our will and our intellect and having those in the correct order and, and using our intellect to, to discipline our will and our passions. What a great explanation. Indeed. I would like to follow up with that. Um, and, I'm, and if I misspoke, you know, no, 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 I, no, correct. actually, I just want to make sure because I hear passions get bashed yeah. all the time when I hear people talk about them. But in the Catholic dig- tradition, they're actually a good thing. There's this beautiful line from the, the Catechism, um, Article 1766, uh, to love is to will the good of another, and that's quoting St. Thomas Aquinas. Mm-hmm. All other affections have their source in this first movement of the human heart toward the good. Only the good can be loved. And then this, I love this last line. Passions are evil if love is evil and good if it is good. Mm. And I think and I think that's like really important for us to keep in mind that passions God gave us passions, right? God gave us passions and they help to fuel our will to do the good. Mm-hmm. Mm. Like they are the, the the gasoline that fires the engine of our will. Right. Um and we are because we're meant to be not just like we're not just meant to do the good, we're meant to do it cheerfully and joyfully. That's right. So, um, with, with those passions. So I I I agree with what you said. I agree with everything with what you said, Thaddeus, but I just want to make sure because anytime I get the chance to, to root for passions, I do because I feel like they get a bad. Yeah. I think that's a great clarification because to discipline your passions is not, sometimes we confuse discipline in our society with quashing something Mm -hmm. and that's not what it is. You know, Aristotle, Aquinas, they both come out of this Catholic moral tradition of 
the golden mean of you want your passions, disciplining them is about getting them in the middle, not too much or too little of, um, you know, anger or because anger is not bad in and of itself. It, it, there can be just, just anger for, for example. Yeah. St. Um, Paul talks, um, writes, uh, I think it's in Ephesians, be angry, but don't let the sun go down on your anger. Right. There's plenty to be angry about. We just need to make sure we're channeling right. it. You can have too much courage, which is rashness. You can have too little courage, which is cowardice. Exactly. Um, now cor- courage is also a, a virtue or fortitude is also a virtue. So some of the terminology can right. get used. You have to be careful with how you use your terms. You've got to define terms, obviously. Indeed. Right. We... But yeah, d- getting those passions in right uh, accord or right um, order, order, having their end, the end of them be, be proper, the golden mean is, is critical. Yeah. So passions are not in and of themselves bad. Yeah. Indeed. Thank you for clarifying oh, that. No, for sure. So I wanted to go ahead and uh, kind of talk about this, one of the other little snippets that I got from um, the Catholic Gentleman website was, Scripture tells us to per- persevere in running the race, and then adds that Jesus died, in quote, for the sake of the joy that lay before him. That's from Hebrews 12. And then it mentions, he didn't drag his cross, he embraced it, which is 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 kind of a, a concept that I think that... Um, as a Catholic, as a convert, has been one of the more beautiful, eye-opening things. Instead of running from the cross, we understand that virtue comes from embracing the cross and the difficulties um, and not running from discomfort, so to speak. Indeed. And I think that, um, and Jesus himself said, take up your cross daily and follow me. That's right. In the Gospel of Luke. And I think... um, I think it's important, like that. Uh, Father, well, now Bishop Robert Barron, likes to talk about um, a- as a critique of domesticating the cross, um, and I think we have to be very careful about that because the cross is an instrument of torture, and it's and, and I almost said a, of torture and death, but the idea is to torture somebody to death with mm. it. Um, that was what it was for, um, and it was harsh and it was humiliating and it was horrifically painful uh to do some good alliteration right there if you noticed uh (laughs) and that i think one of the things one of the beauties of spiritual discipline is um, when we practice them in a healthy way and appropriately and consistently then we see the parts of our heart and our soul that need to be killed Mm -hmm. um in in the book of the prophet ezekiel god talks about wanting to take out um, Israel's stony heart and replacing them with fleshy heart. And that always, um, that has spoken to me for a long, not always, that has spoken to me for a long time about um, looking inwardly and trying to understand the parts of my heart that are stony um, that God wants to do surgery on mm-hmm. and remove and replace that with a, a fleshy, a fleshy, healthy heart capable of love. So, um Yeah. Which part of that is being vulnerable, I think. And that's what the disciplines do, I think, Mm -hmm. is they make us feel vulnerable. And I think that's why a lot of us don't like them. Like fasting makes me feel vulnerable. I feel hungry and I know I can do something about it. And so I want to do something about it. And that's the very thing I need to not do is do something about it. I need to like sit in that and allow myself to be vulnerable, Um, vulnerable to Christ. 
And his, right. I mean, he is the divine physician, right? And he wants to do heart surgery on mm, me. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a great example of what I was just talking about. So you know, you know, in your reason, what is the right thing to do? So even though you you want to eat, and so you're gonna you're gonna make your will not go get something to uh, to eat. And that, where's that desire to eat coming from? That's coming from your your hunger, right? Your physical uh, makeup, and so that's. You're, you're putting all those in the right order in order to uh, gain spiritual discipline. What do you talk about, um, you know, other, other kinds of physical discipline, the connection between physical discipline or physical um, mortification and spiritual growth and, and, you know, sports and athletics and um, physical exertions of different kinds can, can be a part of this. Can't they? Uh, Yeah, they can. But I think, um, an interesting, one of the things, again, in my research that I found was uh, the difference or the distinction, not, not, it's not a distinction, it's a difference. The difference between like trying to white knuckle it, um, which I feel like was my experience in both athletics and um, in the military, was when, when I was exercising discipline in my athletics and um, my, my military career, it was about white knuckling it, like, like, sucking it down as, uh, as we called it until we like got to the end of that. And then we could move on and do whatever else we wanted to do or needed to do. Um, and it seems like to me, and I'm not saying this is a universal experience. This is just my experience. Um, that's not what the spiritual disciplines are about, not white knuckling it. It's about, um, coming to that place of vulnerability and allowing God to do his work there. Um, and I, I'm, I am not an expert on this at all. <laughs> and so I, I'm just now coming to understand that, unfortunately, as a 42-year-old man, husband and father and theology teacher. Um, and so I, I really haven't fully developed these uh, or developed my understanding of it. But that seems to be pretty consistent um, across the, um, the research that I did was it's not about white-knuckling it. It's about coming to that place of vulnerability, as you, as you mentioned, Pam, and there is absolutely willpower involved, but it's um, a, the will, I think, my understanding is, it's the will to let go of control and allow God to be in control in that space so that he can change my heart. Mm-hmm. I would be very interested in what you two have to say in response. Well, I, I you're saying control. Um, for me personally, it's not, it, it's not so much about control. I would say like, again, tying it back to temperaments too, like a prival person, it's totally be control. Um, for me, it's more of a, a sensuality thing. So I've, I've, when I just want to be uncomfortable. I really don't want to be uncomfortable. I don't like to be uncomfortable in, in conversations. I'm a peacekeeper. I don't like to be physically uncomfortable. Um, so I'm really proud of myself. That I started working out again. Woohoo. <laughs> Cause Good it's job. not Congratulations. It's, I got motivated, but sticking to it's really hard because it's mm. really uncomfortable. So, um, I, I want us also to talk about our whys, you know, that motivation to like be able to withstand that discomfort or um, and to be vulnerable, like you see what I'm saying, you're getting out of your comfort zone, out of control or uncomfortable. Let's put it those, those two ways specifically. It's our why. You know, why do we do that? And, and what motivates us to get to that point in the discipline aspect of it? 
And and how do we relate that to prayer? How do we relate that to time with God? Indeed. Um, I can share another story about myself that makes me look kind of silly. Uh, I remember, again, when I was back at Christ the King, um, starting my youth ministry job, uh, volunteer job, um, where there was this one deacon there, just just such a holy man. And I was like, you know, I want to be like that guy. That guy, like, he's a good man. He's a good husband. He's a good father. He's just like an all-around good dude. And so I went up to him, and I was like, and I was like trying to figure out, like, how do I become like this guy? And I was like, you know what? If I want to be like somebody, I need to hang around him. Mm. So I went up after, I went up to him after mass one day, and I was like, hey, deacon, um, you seem like a really good man, and you seem like a really good husband and father, and I want to be like that. So can I just come by and hang out with you and your family sometime? And he, he was like. Um, well, I'm a spiritual director. Would you like to do spiritual direction with me? And I said, sure, that, that sounds great. What spiritual direction? <laughs> <laughs> That's how infant I was in my, uh, in my faith journey at that point. So, um, and so he explained, obviously he explained to me, and um, he, I, I started spiritual direction with him, which was very fruitful in many ways. Um, but I think that's part of it is, um, and that's the, the glory of the communion of saints is we have th- this cloud of witnesses mm. to use the biblical language from Hebrews uh, of people that we can look up to and say, I, want, I like that attribute. I want to be, be like that guy. I want to be like that woman. And I, in order to do that, I need to do something. Mm-hmm. I think that's part of how we get to the why. Okay, I think we have our first caller. We've opened up the lines. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you'd like to call in and discuss spiritual discipline with us, we'd love to have you call. So on the line now, we have Paul. Welcome, Paul. Can you hear us? Hello, can you hear me? Yes, we can. So did you have a question or a comment for us today, sir? I hear you on the radio, but I can't hear you. Well, you're live. What's your question? I just wanted to call and ask one quick question. I can't hear, so I'm going to have to ask a question and hang up. Uh, when you get into a dry spell, let's say, you know, you go through these ups and downs where you have these peaks and valleys of, of uh, we'll call them spiritual fruitfulness, what do you do to get yourself out of the funk when you're down in the valley? What, what, you know, what would you suggest as, uh, as uh, something to pick yourself up and, and uh, get back on the wagon, so to say? Uh, if I can't hear you guys on the phone, I'm going to hang up here and listen on the radio. So I hope I got through. Thanks, okay, guys. Okay, thank you. Paul, I just want to say that was a great question. I really like that question a lot. Um, and I think Pam has something to say, so I'm going to... Nope, she doesn't have something to say. I'm going to say something, um, and then they can critique it. I think... Okay, so one of the things that I found helpful is um, uh, keeping... Okay, so one thing is, um, in those moments of dryness or um, when it, you feel arid, that you can turn to God and say, Lord, this is what I'm feeling, and I'm going to do this, I'm going to pray and spend time with you anyways, so I can show you how much I love you, so I can show my faithfulness to you, um, so that you can, because it's not... Part of, I mean, faith is one of the virtues, and so we have this opportunity in those dry moments to um, show our faithfulness to God, even when 
it it's unpleasant or maybe even when it hurts. Um, something else also that I find or have found and heard to be helpful is to remember prior consolations. When we're in those mm. moments of desolation, recall previous consolations um, and call those to mind and um, recall the joy and the peace that came along with those consolations. Um, yeah. You know, one, of, one of the things that comes to mind you know, for myself is I read, um, I think it's in the little book, um, Our Daily Bread, that said that God delights in our desires. So if I'm arid and I, I'm not feeling it today and I'm showing up because I'm showing up, that's half the battle. And I say to, to the Lord, you know, I really, I desire to spend time with you, even though, you know, I may not feel like sitting down and uh, really praying or meditating on scripture at the moment. Um, I desire that closeness with him. And the only way you can do that is through that time spent in that one-on-one time. So uh, he delights in our desires. Even he doesn't say, oh, we delight your success and we delight in your feelings. It's, you know, it's like, no, simply the desire is what, what, re- what he really is asking from us. So, you know, with that, we'll, we are taking more calls if anybody wants to call in and I actually ask have questions. A oh, further please. comment. Sure. And it's almost more of a question for you, Pam. Paul, the reason I really liked your question was because of the way you worded it. And I don't know if there is a way that we can work ourselves out of a dry spell in our prayer life and the spiritual disciplines. I think that's, I think that's, um, again, I'm not an expert, Paul, so keep that in mind. Uh, I think that's an opportunity for us to allow ourselves um, to, to hope um, because there's in, in the Spanish language, um, the, the verb for to hope and to wait are the same verb. Um, so we can wait on the Lord to deliver us um, we can hope in the Lord to deliver us from that dry spell. I don't think, I think if we're doing things right, it's something we have to wait on mm. um, for that period of desolation um, to end and for that period of consolation, the next, that next consolation to come along. You know, one of the things I, I find myself saying um, to myself and to, to friends who are going through something spiritual like that, um, something very uncomfortable, it, it's not a, a good thing or a bad thing. There's no real morality uh, attached to it is that sometimes that uh, Christ is simply asking mm-hmm. us to rest and wait in the discomfort of it. And being able to do that for his sake is again, an act of faith and an act of love toward our savior. So I think we have someone else on the phone. Hello, Darren. What's your question for us today? Um, or yeah, comment? thanks for having me on. Um, yeah, first I just want to make a big plug that, that my family's on vacation, so we are way outside of town, <laughs> but because of the app, we're able to listen and stream Yay. and, uh, so keep up with what's going on, even though we're out for the week. Um, so having James on, I thought it was a really neat opportunity to have somebody with military background, who's an educator. And I think you said had young, young children. So I'm really interested in his opinion and, and obviously has depth in this topic. It seems like his opinion on um, maybe imposing discipline on our children versus inspiring it uh, from them. So what are his thoughts on that? How do we, how do we raise our children so as not to impose spiritual disciplines? Okay. We're going to pray now. We're going to do this versus really kind of trying to inspire it from them as they grow. What a great question. I think that all of us as parents ask, like, get up every day and ask that question. But uh, James, do you have any like 
well, this is what I've tried. And uh, Thaddeus, too, you can chime in on this one as well. Yeah, I would be very interest, interested in um, what Thaddeus has to say and actually what Darren has to say because I know who this caller is. Um, and his children are older than mine. So I would actually would have loved to heard, hear what he had to say about um, this particular topic. Um, I, I need to think about this for a second. Darren, are you still there? I'll, ju- I'll jump I in am. real quick. Okay. I'll jump in. Yeah, that's, um, that's unfortunately... There's a lot of imposition that goes on in my household. <laughs> um, it's just it's just the truth. Um, we insist on coming together as a family and praying before bedtime. Sometimes it's more like in the evening after after uh, dinner, but um, we have a, a time that we pray, and um, usually it's it's night prayer, or we'll pray the rosary, or we'll do. Um, some kind of extemporaneous, um, praying, um, you know, maybe sing a song sometimes. Um, but there's definitely a, this is, this is when we do it and this is what we're doing. And we're trying to show them different ways of praying, different ways of communicating with, with God. Um, so, yeah, we're, well, we're, I think we're I think we're still at that stage where the imposition has to be there to hopefully make a foundation for the inspiration that will that will come later. And we do see we do see little shoots of of inspiration coming from them. Um, well, I have to say I've not. That's a quick done, answer. I've not done the, the the really good discipline side of it I, I, because I've been you know really non confrontational. But the one thing that has worked well for us is when we give it the why. Why are we doing what we're doing um, to give thanks to God? Well, that may be a concept that they're not really understanding at the moment. But, um, you know, we we don't not just simply because I say so, because it it glorifies God. And we want to do glorify God with our bodies this way by coming together as a family and having that unity. Um, So that comes as as their intellect develops. But I think as they're younger, like with uh, in not your children are still fairly young. I mean, they're mm-hmm. older and they're quite precocious actually, but they can start to grasp those concepts. But at first you build a foundation of this is the way we do it because we're a family and this is how our family operates. Yeah. And there's a lot of why that goes on in our family yeah. too. a lot of explanation and, you know, trying to draw, th- asking them questions, trying to draw things out of them, trying to, you know, bear our hearts to them, trying to pray um, honestly and fervently in front of them and with them, um, you know, bearing our souls to our Lord in front of them mm. in appropriate ways, obviously. Um, so yeah, they're, I don't think they're, um, mutually exclusive things. Darren, I, I have a couple, um, thoughts for you. Uh, so one is, um, like, I think the imposition is, like a necessary aspect of it up to a certain degree. Um, I remember listening to a deacon give a talk, or actually a retreat one time, and he talked about um, him basically forcing his children to go with him as a family to church so that they could um, have the opportunity to go to confession. He didn't make them go in the confessional, but he made them go to the church, and they had to sit there even if they didn't go to confession and this is when they were teenagers, of course, um, so that they at least had the opportunity to um, avail themselves to uh, 
the, the sacrament if they wanted and that they were going to make time for it whether they wanted to or not. They didn't have to do the sacrament, but they were going to make time for it whether they wanted to or not. And having their fathers witness to it, that's huge. Indeed, huge. indeed, indeed. Um, a second thing that we've found helpful, uh, although it's more chaotic, is to involve our children in the decision-making process of what disciplines we're going to do and how we're going to do them. So for our nighttime routine, it's on a rotating basis where I one night I'll I'll get to lead our nighttime prayer and then my wife will lead the nighttime prayer and then my daughter Teresa will choose like to lead the nighttime prayer either what's been popular very popular lately is the the chaplet of divine mercy they so love tell them how old Teresa is Teresa's five and a half <laughs> um, and then Elizabeth um, is four and she also gets to choose um, and so what again um, chaplet of divine mercy but frequently it's been either a song from one from a hymnal or we uh, or we, um, what's been most popular over time, actually, is interestingly enough, is reading from the Bible. Mm. They love hearing, like, there's a good, St. Mary's Press puts out a really good children's Bible, and they love, they love that Bible. They love doing those, um, those stories that they see in the Bible. So that's, that's, that's the one thing that um, we have found so far that's been very helpful is uh, involving our children in the decision-making process. I know of another family that during Lent, not only did they individually give up something, but they sat down as a family and asked, all right, Love that. what communally are we going to give up? Um, and these are some young, this right. is a family of young kids, and what they decided to do was give up donuts after Mass for Lent. As a family, mm. that was for little kids. That's that's, that's an huge. intense sacrifice. Sure. So I, I think involving children in the decision making process, not only explaining why, but allowing them to participate in the decision making process of what disciplines we're going to practice and how, specifically how we're going to practice them, um, can be very healthy for them. It makes it gives them the opportunity to appropriate that discipline for themselves. I think. Darren, does this help you out a little bit? Yeah, that's great. Thank you so much. You're very Thank welcome. You, Darren. Thanks for calling. All right. Bye. Bye. Well, I also want to talk about, like, um, personally, get you guys, what are your daily calisthenics, spiritual calisthenics? You know, um, our daily routines and habits build that strength of character and virtue in us. And, and so I know when I first started out, I simply started basically with reading the gospel every day. And as time has gone on, I started to add something more. So I think that now with these last uh, couple of minutes left in the show, <laughs> that we should talk about daily habits and routines where we're showing up. We're showing up for Christ. We're showing up um, to love him, feel like it or not. What are those habits that we do? And again, I mean, I show up every morning and I read at least the gospel. Over time, I've, I've added more with all of the readings in the Psalms and now um, also the morning liturgy, the hour. Um, but that's just my morning. So you guys chime in at any time about what are some, and another one of my real go-tos are obviously the sacraments. Um, you know, I remember when I wanted to grow closer with to Christ, he really impressed upon me the desire to go to daily mass. He said, you, you got to show up more. Right. And so um, I added going to daily mass, not every day. And just according to my station and the way life would have it to add daily mass. But I, I can't I cannot impress upon how much of a difference that makes showing up um, 
whether you want to or not, whether you have time for it or not, as a part of uh, he is our great and good God. And this is how we give thanks. Of course, it is the Thanksgiving. I'll just go real quick so that James can have the, the last word, so to speak. Um, since about March, been trying to practice something from St. Jose Maria Escrivá called the Heroic Minute. Just look into the mm. Heroic Minute. Heroic Minute. Mm. Interesting. Like Intriguing. Not explaining it at all. Leading, leaving us all like wondering. So we're all going to Google that after the show. <laughs> Thank you for that, Thaddeus. Might be my next show. <laughs> um, what I'm actually going to suggest is um, like the inverse of that. Uh or the inverse of what you're suggesting or talking about is um, identifying negative habits that prohibit mm. us. Matthew Kelly has, um, Matthew Kelly, you know, you may love him, you may not love him, but he has some some good practical advice. And he has a book called Resisting Happiness. And he does a really good job of articulating how resistance um, prevents us from being happy the way God wants us to be happy. And obviously that is in going to in part include, you know, our prayer life. And so um, identifying those things that, so if the enemy to our happiness is resistance, like our internal resistance to doing these things that we know are helpful, like praying, working out, spending time alone, um, working in a healthy way, all these things, right? As opposed to working in an, un, in an unhealthy way, um, identifying those things which enable or encourage resistance. So one of the things that I've started doing is, so I know that if I don't get up by five o'clock in the morning, um, at the latest, then I'm not. I'm going to struggle to have some prayer time because, God bless her, my daughter Elizabeth loves getting up at five thirty, and so at that point, it's Daddy, will you do this? Daddy, will you do that? And even if she's not asking me to do something, it's Daddy, I want to talk with you. Um, so I have. I have to get up by five o'clock, but that means that I need to evaluate my schedule the night before and say, what time do I need to get to bed in order to be able to reasonably assume that I can like wake up in a semi-coherent sort of way tomorrow morning. And so that's one of the things I started doing is at night, I take a step back and I say, all right, do I want to watch this last TV show with my wife? Do yes. I want to do whatever do I want to read this, continue reading this book or do I need to put it down, right, go to right. bed so I can okay. get up? Okay, well, gosh, I can't believe we're already out of time. Thank you so much. I want to have you on again. Thank you, Pam. Um, thank you for listening to this edition of Red Sea Roundup on Spiritual Discipline with James Adam. We hope that you'll come back in a couple of weeks and um, for when I'll be hosting again. I think we've got a, fi- a fifth Wednesday. Thank you, Thaddeus, too. So again, go today and be blessed and love your neighbors.